It's time to showcase those that are helping all of us through these difficult times. This is a partner profile on the Zone Sports Network. Time to welcome in Brian Dunn, Western Region President of Steward Healthcare. Brian, good morning. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be on your show today. Well, thanks for coming on. And we always like to ask people as uh, we talk to people who run different businesses, you know, how is uh, how has your business changed? Because everything that's happened over the last couple months and well, Stuart Healthcare, I guess everything changed. It has changed significantly. Um, however, to be frank, we have prepared for this. I don't think anybody can prepare for a pandemic, but we go through constant preparation and uh, trials for emergency situations. What it has happened has reduced our ability to provide surgical procedures and provide surgeries to our patients. And, and it obviously has reduced visits to our physicians, offices and different aspects. So with that in mind, it, uh, it, it has uh, significantly reduced our, our business, but we are here 24 seven to care for everyone and anyone. So you talk about how you could be prepared, but you can only be so prepared. So basically for this pandemic, how much have you been prepared in terms of being able to provide the services that you need to provide? Good question. We constantly have drills for emergent situations such as earthquakes, such as chemical disasters, whatever the case may be. But obviously, none of us could have prepared for COVID-19, a pandemic. But what we did do is we prepared by stockpiling our PPE, personal protection and equipment. We are part of a national company that also buys on a national basis. And we have taught, educated, we have spoken with, have constant daily um, conversations with our, our providers employees, physicians, everyone in regards to what is it we need to do on a daily basis? Because we're all trying to figure this out on a daily basis and we learn more and more. But I think that as we go across the country and look at our nine different states, particularly two of our states have been hotbeds and we've learned from them in Massachusetts and Louisiana. We learned from them what to do and what not to do. And that has helped us here in the state of Utah. But again, we have stockpiled equipment. We have um, made sure that uh, we we prepared every way to treat according to the uh, CDC. We follow the state guidelines. In fact, I sit on the commission for the state of Utah, the, the Public Health and Economic Emergency Commission, the governor appointed to it to determine exactly how can we, as healthcare providers, one, protect all the people within the state of Utah and get business and economic, uh, get the economy back to a normal basis. So what can you tell people who are listening who have to have, and I don't really like the term elective procedure because it sounds like everyone's, you know, getting collagen shot into their lip or something. Uh, But there are things that you've got to do that you can control the timing on a little bit. And I was reading something that, you know, hospitals in in some areas, I don't know if it's true of you or not, you know, have have cut way back on colonoscopies. Well, those aren't completely elective. You know, people need to have them, especially based on their family's medical history. But they're worried about going to hospital and being exposed to COVID-19, so they're kind of putting it off. 
So for any of, you know, a dozen elective procedures that aren't truly elective, they're just something where you can control the timing, but you need to have them done. What can you tell those people about getting those procedures taken care of? Sure. And I don't, I don't like the word elective. Elective just means that they're scheduled. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Colonoscopies, if it's a cancerous polyp or if you have a history of cancer, that's not an elective procedure. We need to ensure that we're doing things in an appropriate fashion not to have medical deterioration continue to occur. And so, therefore, we are putting forward those different guidelines. And uh, what do I tell the public? I tell the public that we are open for service. We are following strict guidelines that we have proposed um, from, one, the the CDC, and then, two, the uh, state's advisory board, which one of our, our, our chief medical officers sits on the state's advisory board to the governor, to determine exactly how and when we can provide certain cases. But we are open, our facilities are open for ambulatory, which means not overnight surgical procedures. But if you have a situation that is going to require immediate attention, we should do those now. And that is a physician-patient discussion and decision to make. And that's where we are at at this point. As you know, the governor has put us into an orange zone. There's four zones. And that allows us the liberty to do ambulatory. So, again, the message to the public is that we are open for surgical procedures. We're taking every precaution, every single precaution necessary to, one, ensure that the patient is protected, and then, two, that our employees and physicians are protected and that we're not going to continue, uh, we're, not, we're not going to allow the, the spread of this virus, and we're taking every single precaution necessary in order to avoid that. I'm intrigued about the preparation and how that works, whatever the company may be, and we're talking to you in this specific situation. So since you've been doing this, you've been preparing all the time, and now you've been living a certain way for several weeks now, how much better have you gotten in your operation during the time of that you've been operating in this way? Great, great point. Um, we have daily conference calls on a national level and a local level, whereby we'll take best practices and we'll take those practices, not only what happens across the United States, not only within our system, but throughout other systems. And we have learned from those different aspects and apply them within our hospitals in order to become daily prepared and prepared better day by day by day as we go forward. So again, I don't think anybody can tell when is COVID-19 going to cease, when's a vaccine, you know, I've heard this vaccine is proposed in September, potentially at the earliest, but until we have a vaccine, I don't know if anybody's really going to have a level of comfort, but I do know that uh, uh, based upon our daily communication, daily education, that we have become better. We know more about this pandemic. We know how to treat it. We know what works. We know how to protect the patients and the employees and what to do based upon daily conversations, communication, and learning. Brian, we appreciate a few minutes. Good luck going forward. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Let me just say one thing. Sure. Happy Nurses Day. This is National Nurses Day, and I want to ensure that our nurses who are on the front lines know how much we appreciate them, respect them, and we, are, we owe a lot to them. 
We appreciate that, Brian. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Take Bri- care. Brian Dunn, Western Region President of Stewart Healthcare, joining us on National Nurses Day. I had no idea it was National Nurses Day, PK. Did you know? I did not know. Yeah. Yak, aren't you supposed to alert us to that kind of stuff? I will do better next time. <laughs> Everything flows downhill. Yak, it's your fault. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Tyson Alger, Oregon Ducks writer for The Athletic, is going to join us coming up in about 20 minutes.